I remember it was like a few years after that I was at the bowling alley. I don't even remember who I was with, but I was with a group of friends and I saw her boyfriend and they held me back because I ran up to that guy and I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, get in this guy's face. And he was like, what the fuck? And he knew who I was right, right away. Well, he's yeah. like, I'm so sorry. He's like, I left her right after that. I didn't know anything that was going on. Last I heard, she moved to Ohio. I have no idea what happened. Dude, it's just like, I'm going to fucking I'm just you. like, getting hell Fucking rabid dog. Hey guys, welcome back. <laughs> Wayward fans. Supernatural podcast. I'm Shannon. And I'm Leanna. And today we're talking about trial and error and man's best friend with benefits. 14 and 15 of season 8. <clears throat> Alright, Trial and Error is directed by Kevin Parks and written by Andrew Dabb. So we open with Kevin in a nice little tribute to Good Morning Vietnam. Um, <laughs> coffee, he gets his coffee, he puts on his headphones, he starts translating, he makes a hot dog on like a skillet right (laughs) starts translating again takes some aspirin drinks some coffee starts translating and then he goes to bed he wakes up again coffee headphones translating hot dog translating aspirin translating sleeping and it just keeps going he sleeps for like two hours um and so i feel really bad for kevin and then he goes he has hung something up on his wall like his little bill bulletin board of all kinds of shit that he has there and he says holy crap and then his nose starts bleeding and he says holy crap and he collapses and then the alarm clock goes off and we pan out and we see kevin unconscious on the floor with a bloody nose title card my first note is i totally thought that kevin was in the bunker the bunker (laughs) yeah remember the The bunker yeah the men in letters bunker 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 you said bunker i said bunker did you yeah. Oh, I thought you said bonker. I mean, I could say that for you. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned bonker, and that's what I was laughing at. <laughs> I was like, what? It's a bunker. <laughs> Maybe Sorry. I, like, drew my U out and it sounded know. like an O. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so Dean is setting his room up in the bunker. He takes a picture of his mom out, uh, of him and his mother, and he sets it on the bedside table. Sam comes in behind him and he's like, oh, it's not bad. Dean's like, not bad. I haven't had my own room in ever. I'm making this awesome. I got my vinyl. I got this killer mattress. It's memory foam. It It remembers remembers me. me. (laughs) It's clean, too. There's no funky smell. There's no creepy stains, motel stains. Then Sam throws his gum wrapper just on the floor. And he's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Sam, oh, sorry. Well, he was aiming for the, the trash. The trash, right? <laughs> Dean says he's going to go make them some grub. Um, <laughs> just really, man? Well, siblings, you know. <laughs> right. uh, Sam stays behind. He sees a picture of their mom. He looks around. He sees all the guns and weapons hanging, the vinyl and... He, he's like, he does a little Sam head nod. He's like, yeah. So nice. one thing I thought that was funny about Dean's room, because they're doing little shots of everything around the room, and we're showing where he set his picture of him and his mom uh-huh. on his nightstand. And for some reason, next to his lamp, he also has 
a tape, tape dispenser and a, and a stapler. Yeah. I thought that was really funny too. What are those for? <laughs> um. So, uh, back in the main room, uh, Dean brings Sam a burger. And Sam is reading everything. A little bit of everything. Sam is shocked that Dean made burgers and knows where the kitchen even is. <laughs> Dean tells him he's nesting, okay? Just eat. God, those burgers look freaking yummy, They too. look so oh good. God. That's what I wrote. That was my note. <laughs> Dean is just watching as Sam takes his first bite. Sam is very impressed. <laughs> and I wrote, that burger does look really fucking yeah. good. And then I wrote, I'm so hungry. <laughs> As Dean is about to eat his, Kevin calls. He tells Dean to come quick and then hangs up or passes out. Who knows? We're not sure which. So they leave right away. <laughs> Sam comes back for the burger. I love it. <laughs> I like how he takes the whole plate with right? <laughs> Uh They get to the boathouse and Dean finds Kevin vomiting in the bathroom. He looks like shit. Yeah. Not sleeping much. Only really eating hot dogs. He's getting headaches and nosebleeds, and he's pretty sure he had a small small stroke. But it was all worth it, because he figured out how to close the gates of hell. That was, like, the first time I think I've ever seen Kevin look happy. Right. (laughs) Like, ever. (laughs) So, obviously, the two guys are very excited by this, and they're, like, hugging and laughing, and they're like, yeah, this is amazing, and uh, he... Kevin tells them it's a spell. It's in a, just a few words of Enochian. It needs to be said after completing each trial. And there are three of them. You do the trials, and then you can slam the gates of hell forever. I love how Sam, Sam asks them if it's a legal trial. Then Sam asks, like, law and order trials? Right. <laughs> like, yes, Sam. Yeah. You go to court. <laughs> you go to court with some demons. With some demons, right. Kevin okay. says, more like Hercules. The tablet says, who... Whosoever chooses to undertake these tasks should fear not danger, nor death, nor... A word I think means getting your spine ripped out through your mouth for all eternity. (laughs) Kevin has only figured out the first trial so far, and it's pretty gross. Killing a hellhound and bathing in its blood. Dean, however, does not care. And he's very pumped and is totally into getting this started and thinks it will be easy to kill a hound. Says they just need to find someone that's hitting their 10-year on a deal and ice the hound. Kevin's like, it doesn't sound so easy. Sam confirms that it's not. But I think Dean is just way too excited at the prospect of closing the gates. So he's really not too concerned right now. He's like ready to go. He says, look, you get on the net and you see what you can dig up. I'm going to go for a supply run because we need goofer dust and the kid needs to eat something that's not ground up hooves and pig's anuses. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Ugh. And he leaves. Sam is telling Kevin that he needs to take a break, a day off. Open the window, get some sleep. Kevin refuses, saying that finishing this is the only way out. He hates it there. He can't leave because every demon on the planet wants to rip his face off. The only people he can talk to are them, Garth, and sometimes his mom, but all she does is cry. Sam understands, but still thinks Kevin still thinks Kevin needs to take better care of himself. Tells him the whole saving the world thing is a marathon, not a sprint. And this is when Dean shows up, saying that there are 6,000 different types of tomatoes. <laughs> Sham, Sam shares with Dean what he's found. The Cassidy's. A farming family that struck oil when they shouldn't have. 
Dean is ready to roll. Tells Kevin to continue working on step two and to drop a dime if they, he figures any way to deal with the hounds. He gives Kevin a present. Blue for headaches, green for pep. Don't OD. Handing him two big-ass bottles of pills. I didn't like that. Yeah, Sam also obviously didn't like that. And he tells Dean, uh, you think that's a good idea? And Dean is saying that they are on the one-yard line and it's time to work through the pain. Dean gets a lot of uh, tunnel vision when he's on yep. uh, these types of cases that are like... Save he the doesn't. World type it, yeah, the state of the world. Like he doesn't do it when they're doing like, oh, there's a werewolf. You right. Know, like he's not endangering his friends or family. Right. But he he seems to do it more frequently. And he does. Kind of not really think about the consequences and just getting the job done. Right. Which is, I guess, what makes him such a good hunter. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it cuts to them arriving to the farm. It's a really fucking nice farm. Dean is pulling up and he tells Sam to look for the usual um, of someone with the hellhound on, on their ass, the hallucinating and so on and so forth. Sam wants to know what they're going to do when they do find that person. Dean tells him to clear, to clear them and he'll stab Fido with the blade. They get out of the car and they ask the pal under the tractor who runs the place. A, rum- a woman rolls out saying that she does. Sam's like, you you own the farm? <laughs> He's like, super, like, what? She tells him that she manages it and asks if they are there for the job. They obviously lie. Of course. Sam's there. Sam tells her they're quick learners when she can tell they've never worked on a farm before. <laughs> a guy comes up and introduces himself um, as the husband to the Cassidy woman who owns the farm. Uh, he is just the trophy husband. Which is funny because he's got a bit of pudge on him. Yeah. Ellie show Ellie is the woman who was under the tractor. She shows them where they will sleep. I do think how funny it was because he's like, "Are we hiring these guys?" And she's like, "Not sure yet." And he's all, "They look like great guys. Why don't we hire them?" Like, dude, um, like you just saw them. You literally just met them. Right. I don't. I mean, you know, they're nice to look at, but that doesn't necessarily mean you want to hire them. I get, would it would make more sense if it was like a lady, right? <laughs> saying that. Um, so Ellie shows them where they're gonna sleep. She tells them they're up at five, dinner at eight, and in between, she, they they are hers. Dean misses his room. Um, she tells them she's gonna be honest with them, and that it is crap work. And next shot is them literally shoveling shit. And Dean's like, she literally meant crap. crap. Um, we see, uh, Ellie arguing with one of the Cassidy's, um, and as she's telling her something about how it's her way because it's her money, her farm, and Ellie walks back into where Dean and Sam are standing, and Dean tells Ellie that that Cassidy seems like a piece of work, and Ellie says, (laughs) Alice Cassidy is a piece of something, all right? (laughs) Sam and Dean discuss who could be the dealer. Not Ellie, since she just works there. The husband doesn't seem the type. It must be Alice. Sam wants to go talk to her, but Dean says she'll just lie then probably call the cops on him. Yeah. They need to go stalker mode on this one. Which I was like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree with Dean on that one. So later that night, they're watching having dinner outside when they hear howling. Carl says it's just wolves, but Alice wants to go check the horses. 
fearing that they might be spooked. So I would not be okay with that howling while I'm sitting outside on the veranda eating. Right. I would go inside. Like, fuck that. But then she, like, just gets up and she's like, I'm going to go check this out. By myself with no gun or any help. No. Just walks on over to where the howling's coming from. Because she does hear the horses. The horses are obviously upset. Right. So Sam and Dean follow her. Then, and we watch her walking towards and she's kind of getting spooked a little bit. But we cut back to the husband who then gets murdered by a hellhound. Which I was like, oh, I did not see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) Sam asked the sheriff. So it cuts to later after the sheriff and everybody is there. And Sam is asking the sheriff about the head being ripped off. But the sheriff doesn't want to discuss it. He, well, he's like, who the fuck are you? Right. <laughs> and Ellie's like, oh, they work here. Um, he, he tells them that Carl died bad and they should leave it at that. The sheriff talks about how they've been reintroducing wolves into the area, but he never thought. And at this point, Ellie's like, this was no wolf. She leaves to make phone calls because and the nobody whole... even questions her. Yeah, this was no wolf, and just leaves her like, um, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, how can do you, you tell know me what, what it that was? is? Right. <laughs> and she leaves saying she has to call, make phone calls because the whole family will be flying in. The sheriff tells them good luck with. He's well. He says all the Cassidy's under one roof. Good, good luck. luck. So Dean's upset that they missed the boat and followed the wrong person. He wants to get their stuff and go and try to find another one. And Sam's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, so Dean goes to pack, and Sam goes to get his gloves <laughs> from the bar because right, he doesn't want to leave without gloves. <laughs> and he catches Alice in there, and she's brushing a horse. She doesn't seem too upset, and she's not. He asks her how she's doing, and she's like, I'm fine. I'm not sure why. I think I loved him. And then she tells Sam that Carl was always mooning over her, but she always just made fun of him. Then one day it all changed. On Valentine's of 2003, it was like she was seeing him for the first time. Then they had 10 really good years together, and now she's not sad or angry. I liked it because we got a little bit of insight onto what happens with the person who gets screwed into a deal. Exactly. (laughs) Like the person who's like, I want them to fall in love with me. So now that the person said, she's like, I have no idea why... We were together. I was with that person. I don't right. remember anything about how I fell in love with them. It's yeah, it's pretty nice little spin that we don't see very often. I know. And then you're like, wow, that fucking sucks for the person right, who exactly. got like <laughs> roped into a deal. Just ten years of their life literally Just gone. gone. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Carl. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> so back in the room, Dean is asking Sam if they have any graveyard dirt. And Sam's like, yeah, probably, I think so. And he's like, what about Yarrow? And Dean, and Sam's like, no, 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 no. no, no. no. <laughs> Sam tells Dean they are not summoning a crossroads demon. Dean's plan is to summon one holder at knife point until she calls her hound, special delivery. Sam's like, sure, great plan, except it's going to be Crowley, who knows what we're doing, and he's going right. to send a hundred hounds. Yes. Thank you, Sam. And he tells him it's suicide. Dean was like, well, what do you got? Sam tells him that they should stay. Tells him that Carl sold his soul, sold his soul for Alice, not for the farm. It's got to be one of the Cassidys, and they will all be there tomorrow. Dean agrees, but says in two days, if they don't do anything, they're going to have to do it his way. Sam's like, all right, whatever. So it's funny because Sam's like, um, it wasn't just Carl or whatever. And Dean's like, you think the demon made more than one deal? 
I'm like, they always make more than one deal. They always like park in one spot and make as many deals as they can. But Dean thought it was like a revolutionary. Well, Sam was like, it's not the first time. And he's like, you're right. right. But the only time we've seen that happen, though, was with the guy who wasn't supposed to be doing it the way he was doing it because he was cashing in on the souls earlier. No, the first episode we saw Hellhounds was like three or four different people in one town. Had made deals. Right. Well, it was that club, right? Where the blues club was. Right. So that's just, I'm just, that seems to be the normal way that Crossroads Demons work. Where the fuck am I? Okay. So um, then we cut to the next day. All the Cassidy's are arriving and Ellie is giving the guys the lowdown. As an old guy gets out, she says, meet Noah Cassidy. He's 71, worth a billion, and just married wife number five, a 20-year-old lingerie model. Dean says, because they have so much in common. (laughs) Then a blonde gets out. Ellie says, Alice is his oldest. Or no, I'm sorry. Yes, when the blonde's getting out, she's saying, Alice is his oldest, who we've already met. And then the blonde, she says, and that's Cindy, the middle girl. She had a single on the country chart a few years ago. Then she started hitting the bottle. And, well, her last album was a bunch of holiday songs for dogs. My favorites were Jingle Bark Rock and Don't Pee on This Tree. Happy Arbor Day. (laughs) Dean says, so she's the devil. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) And then the last remaining child gets out. It's a short brunette chick. And Ellie tells us, and there's the baby, Margot. She ran away just before Alice and Carl tied the knot. She lives in Paris. So I liked the little backstories. Yeah. I did think it was a little weird that the three of them are just standing there staring at them as they all get out of the <laughs> car. <right? laughs> like, aren't you guys supposed to be like working? working or something? Sam wants to know how she knows all of this. She tells him she's been working on the farm since she was 13 and she has eyes. Tells them that tonight will be an all-hands-on-deck situation. She will need one of them to help inside pouring drinks and serving dinner. Lots of drinks. So they don't have, like, servants? Like, they don't have, like... He's worth a waitress or a housekeeper, right? They just have Ellie. And the Winchesters. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. Dean starts to leave, telling Sam he won't wait up. But Ellie stops him, saying that she will need someone to man the grill. And Dean asks what kind of a grill. What are you asking? Like, it's a grill, Dean. <laughs> Maybe the brand. Maybe Dean's a brand whore. Uh, was that what it is? <laughs> that would not surprise me. <laughs> so later that night, um, Dean is on the grill. He's flipping some meat. And Ellie comes up and just looks at him. Dean asks if she's impressed. And she tells him that she does like a man who can handle his meat. And which Dean, Dean appreciates. looks wow. Right? <laughs> Inside, Sam is pouring wine. Cindy wants more and calls Sam a Ken doll. <laughs> totally fair. I think so, too. <laughs> Margot tells Alice that she's sorry about Carl. He was the love of her life. Alice is pretty distant, and she's like, yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Noah thinks she could have done better, while thin- Cindy thinks she should marry a child to take after their father. The family continues arguing, arguing. Uh, we find out that Margot slept with Carl, but before he and Alice were together, nobody seems to give a shit. That was really weird, though. I was like, what was that all about? Yeah, because no, like, uh, okay. That seemed a completely unnecessary part of the story. Exactly. 
Sam overhears that last time they all sat down for a meal together was at the old crappy house when their father invited that traveling salesman into the home. Oh my god. Crowley. Crow. Crow. Crowley? (laughs) They all just sit around doing that. Crowley? Oh oh my god. (laughs) I think it was Crowley, Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) Who could they be talking about? Um, so Sam goes outside and tells Dean, uh, that these are Crowley's deals or deal. No idea who signed the dotted line. Sam figures Crowley would just be sending the hounds to fetch. It's below his pay grade to show up now as the king of hell. I do like it because when Sam comes out and says that they all had dinner with Crowley, Dean says, so do you think tea and crumpets made these deals? At this point, Kevin calls, saying he found something on hellhounds. He tells them that you can see them if you look through an object scorched with holy fire. Dean says they can use a holy oil on a window, and Kevin's like, or glasses. <laughs> Sam's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, really? A window? You guys <laughs> We could use a window. <laughs> Dean is going to go take care of the x-ray specs, and Sam should continue watching the family. Sam sees Margo and Noah leaving with a rifle. They're going to go hunt the wolf that killed Carl. Sam can't get them to turn back around, so he invites invites himself to help. Dean makes the two sets of hound glasses in the barn. Oh, I just want to point out that Dean goes into the barn and starts searching through everything and somehow finds two pairs of glasses and, like, an old, like, paint can. Like, what the fuck? That's not where you keep your old glasses? It's not. (laughs) And then we get we bust out the endless bottle of holy oil that we haven't seen in a very long time. Um maybe Cass is just secretly refilling it for Oh, is that what it is? (laughs) So he makes the two sets of glasses uh, before Ellie shows up. He's wearing the thicker rimmed ones and she tells him that she likes the Clark Kent look on Dean. I also liked the Clark Kent look on Dean. Me too. Very nice. She walks up to Dean and says, Hey, so I think you're really hot. You want to go to my room and have sex? <laughs> and he looks at her and goes, What? What? <laughs> I love how Dean's like a little confused. He's like, Did she just say that? And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? He's not used to women being quite so forward. <laughs> yeah. She says, "Uh, I'm sorry, I don't usually do this. I guess I'm feeling my oats. Dean tells her he can't. She gets embarrassed. He asks for a rain check. She tells him it's only the one night. In the woods, something is following the three. Sam hears a branch snap and goes off in a different direction than Noah and Margot. Noah ends up backing around onto Sam and Margot is missing. They hear her scream and they run to see her being killed by a hound. Sam shoots it before as it runs away. So, or then it runs away. She's being killed. Her throat is being slit open, uh-huh. but she's like laying perfectly still on the ground, screaming. Right. Like she doesn't move her arms or her legs <laughs> or anything. And she's screaming with a, right. her throat being ripped out. Right. It was bad scene, guys. Yeah. In the house, Sam and Dean tell. So Sam, ba- Sam had already made Noah run back to the house. Do we ever uh, find out point. what she wished for? Like, why did she get killed? Uh, presumably, she was the one who wished for the oil. Because they say she always wanted the family... She always thought the, ha- the family would be happier if they were rich. Oh. Hmm. 
Oh, okay. Duh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So back in the house, Sam and Dean tell the remaining family that Crowley was a demon and they need to know who sold their soul. No one is admitting to anything. Sam seals them in the room with goofer dust. It should hold the hound at bay long enough for him to kill it. Or so, for Sam seals them so that Dean can go kill it. Um, while they're questioning them about who made the deal and like the drunk lady who I can't stand. Cindy. I don't remember what she says, but Sam's like, don't play dumb. And she's all, uh, I'm not pretend or I'm not playing. <laughs> <laughs> Noah is telling Dean he can't do this. Dean says, yes, I can. You want to know why? Because it's what I do. And buddy, I'm the best. See, I got old yeller out there and maybe just maybe you walk away. I don't. You're me. So sit down, shut up and put these on. He hands him some cuffs. <laughs> so first, <laughs> you're, there's hellhounds coming to get you all, and we're going to seal you in with this stuff called goofer dust, and we're going to pull our guns on you, and now handcuff yourselves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At what point are you guys going to stop just being so accepting of everything that they're saying? Sam cuffs the family, tells them when the hound gets close, they'll start hallucinating, and it's for this is for their own good, to keep them from hurting each other. Dean is going to go hunt for the hound, see if he can't go get to it before it makes its next move. Sam wants to go with, but since the family and since the family is on lockdown. But Dean is telling him no. He wants Sam to, Sam to stay safe. Sam is like, when the fuck are we ever safe? And Dean says, because of the three trials crap, God's little obstacle course. We've been down roads like this before, man. With yellow eyes, Lucifer, dick freaking Roman. We both know where this ends. One of us dies. <laughs> or worse. And Sam says, so what? You just up and decide it's going to be you? And Dean says, and you told me yourself that you see a way out. You see a light at the end of this ugly ass tunnel. I don't. But I tell you what I do know. It's that I'm going to die with a gun in my hand. Because that's what I have waiting for me. That's all I have waiting for me. I want you to get out. I want you to have a life. Because a man of letters, become a man of letters or whatever. You with a wife and kids and, and grandkids... Living till you're fat and bald and chugging Viagra. That is my perfect ending. And it's the only one that I'm going to get. So I'm going to do these trials. I'm going to do them alone. End of story. You're staying here. I'm going out there. If Landshore comes a knock and you call me, if you try to follow me, I'm going to put a bullet in your damn leg. And then he leaves. So I can't believe we're having this conversation again. Um, I also think it's funny that he's like, we know how this ends. One of us dies, and yet they're both standing here talking to each other. So obviously when you die, you guys come back to me. <laughs> but I do like his land shark reference. Yeah. <laughs> I love land shark. So outside, Dean hears music coming from the barn. Back inside, the family is still fighting over who sold their soul. Sam tells them it's because they struck oil when they shouldn't have. And this is when Alice says that would be Margie. She used to always say they would be happy if they were rich. Back outside, Dean finds Ellie dancing and drinking in her room. She tells him that he's just in time and kisses him. He tells her to sit tight, to stay in her room no matter what she hears. Tells her something evil is out there. She says she knows it's after her. Back in the house, Alice has escaped as Sam is looking out the window and we spot the first hellhound that we've ever gotten to see. Yes. And it's like a smoke dog with red eyes. It's really cool looking. Alice runs to her car. Sam catches up with her and brings her back. Ellie is telling Sam that she grew up on the farm before the Cassidy's had money. That's how she met Crowley. 
They all had a big dinner, and after she saw Margie kissing Crowley, she ran. Crowley found her, though, and talked to her. Asked her if she had one wish, what would it be? And since her mom had late-stage Parkinson's, she knew how that was going to end, so she took the deal. Her mom is now retired in Phoenix and plays golf every day. Dean tells her that was a really stupid move. She said she did it for her mom. What would he do for his? And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. Well played, Ellie. I think he gets it. Um, but he tells her that she had to know she, that this was coming. She says she didn't. Crowley didn't say anything. She just knew that when she died, she wouldn't be going to heaven. Nothing about a time limit or monsters. Oh, Jesus, Crowley. He tells her that Margie... Uh, he tells her that Margie made a deal and that she's now gone. She tells him a few years... Uh, Ellie tells him a few years ago, Carl got drunk and told her about the deal he made. When Carl died, she put the two and two together and figured she was next. She had no idea about Margot. Ellie starts hallucinating at this oh. point that Dean is like a fucking monster. Oh my God. That was really creepy. It was super creepy. And I had honestly forgotten about the hallucinating part of like yeah, Hell me House. Too. Yeah, too. It's been so long. It has, but oh. Dean puts her in a goofer circle and tells her not to move. He goes out to kill the hound, but he gets bested when he hears Ellie scream and turns around and gets knocked down by the hound. Sam saves Dean and then murders the hound himself, getting bathed in its blood. It's so gross, too. Yeah. It's like black, gooey. Yeah. It, it's like ectoplasm almost. Right. Yeah. Uh, back inside, Ellie bandages up Dean because he got a good scrape into the ribs there. She tells him he needs to go to a hospital, but he tells her he's had worse. Ellie looks to Sam, and he's like, he's, he's had, had worse. <laughs> Ellie asks how, what now? And Dean tells her that they'll make her a hex bag, and she starts running. No hell if Crowley can't find her. He asks her for a minute so him and Sam can talk. When she leaves, Sam says that as soon as she dies, her soul is earmarked for hell. And Dean's like, sure, not if we close it first, though. Really good point, and then I'm like, so what happens if they close hell? <laughs> what happens to the people that are supposed to go there? <laughs> are they staying on Earth? Are they getting a free pass to heaven? Right. Like, <laughs> you didn't What's think this going on? <laughs> <laughs> or do you like souls still go to hell? Like just nothing can There's get nothing out? Can come out. Right. But then she would still go like. Right. Yeah. So no, I, don't, I that's don't know. Very valid question, Shannon. Maybe somewhere on the tablet it would tell them that. <laughs> uh, Dean wants to try the spell. Sam knows it's not going to work for him, right. uh, but Dean tries it anyway. I thought it, it was a little stupid. Doesn't for Dean work. To want to try it, especially when Stan, Stan's standing there and his shirt is still soaked in hellhound right. blood. Uh, Dean, I'm. Think Sam's gonna have to right. say it. Like, come I, on. I'm obviously. I think that Dean was just hoping that the task was completed, so anybody could just do the the spell part. Yes, obviously that's what he was hoping for. Yes, I know, but I think it was a little silly. Um, so obviously it doesn't work. Dean wants to go kill another hound so he can complete the trial. <laughs> and Sam tells him, "I'm closing the gates. It's a suicide mission for you. I want to slam hell shut too. Okay, but I want to survive it." I want to live, and so should you. You have friends up here, family. I mean, hell, you even have your own room now. You were right, okay? I see light at the end of this tunnel, and I'm sorry you don't. I am, but it's there. And if you come with me, I can take you to it. Dean says, Sam, be smart. 
Sam says, I am smart, and so are you. You're not a grunt, Dean. You're a genius. When it comes to lore, you are, you're the best damn hunter I've ever seen. Better than me, better than Dad. I believe in you, Dean, so please, please believe in me too. Dean hands over the Anokian spell. Sam recites the spell, then keels over in pain, and we see this little electric light show going up his forearm. And the whole time, Dean's like, Sam? Sammy? Sam? <laughs> Sam? <laughs> Sam gets up, tells Dean he's good. He can do this. Dean doesn't look so sure. No. <laughs> Credits. Um, I'm impressed that they fit both monologues in. The why Sam has to do it and why Dean has to do it monologue all in one episode. Right. <laughs> Usually it takes a whole season to do that. Right. So good job, guys. <laughs> Thank you for cutting that down for us. Um, I liked the little effect of... Sam's arm getting the like gold light shot up it. Right. Kind of lets you get the idea that Sam's going to become the key or whatever to closing the gates of hell. Like, this is not going to end well. Well, does it ever end <laughs> <Nope>. well? <laughs> but this just solidified it. Well, At yeah. least for me when I saw that the yeah. first time, I was like, okay. Oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the records in Dean's room included Led Zeppelin. Howard McGee, Volume 2, and Nat King Cole sings for Two in Love. The hot dogs Kevin was eating were actually raw tofu dogs. This was the directorial debut of first assistant director Kevin Parks. Um, The bunker is in Kansas, which is about a six-hour drive from where Kevin is on Garth's boat in Missouri. So, I mean, it would be pretty easy to get Kevin over there. Yep. Probably where he should be, but whatever. Um, we have Claire de Lune and I Touch Myself. Well, for I mean, songs. Touch Myself. Yeah, I Touch on. Myself. I love that. The song. clear winner here. That's the one that's playing when Ellie's in her room drinking and yeah. dancing. Totally what I would be doing. Hell yeah. Um, I would also attack Dean if you walked into my room at that moment. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> it's also a very good point. Um, body count in this is three. Just the. Cassidy's, right? Margot, Carl. Who else died? Um, the Hellhound? I guess. Because <laughs> there isn't anybody else. No, there isn't. That's weird. Um, my favorite scene was just when Dean and Ellie are talking about how she made the deal. And she's talking about how she did it for her mom. I thought it was... And Dean tries to be like, that was a real stupid thing to do. And she's like, what the hell would you have done? And Dean's like, oh, well, yeah. I was like, right, Dean. <laughs> I liked um, that. My favorite scene was when Sam told Dean that he was going to close the gates. Oh, okay. And then for a line, I just picked Dean's tea and crumpets. Because it made me laugh. Really good. <laughs> he says something about Crowley when he's in... Oh, he's a mountain of dicks. Yes. That line. I love that line. The mountain of dicks. There was another line that I liked, too. Oh. I've got this killer mattress. It's memory foam. It It remembers remembers me. me. (laughs) Did you have anything on this? No. It's a good episode. Not, like, (coughs) one to write home about. Right. I like it. Just to write to the podcast about. Right. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back for Man's Best Friend with Benefits. 
Samantha's best friend with benefits. Not even a welcome back? Oh, sorry. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, ready to go. Let's get this done. <laughs> His best friend with benefits is directed by John F. Showalter and written by Brad Buckner and Eugene Ross Lemming. So we are in St. Louis, Missouri. We see a couple in the alley. And as the woman who is clearly a prostitute turns away, and, or she gets paid, um, and she turns to walk away, and she starts getting a little nervous with the sounds that she's hearing around her. And suddenly a man appears right behind her. He flashes a badge, and she says, I guess it's not my night. And he cuffs her. And then he begins to strangle her. We see the same man snap awake, like in his bed. Um, and it appears that he was just having a very vivid dream. The next morning, he's making coffee. He opens the trash to dump out the coffee grounds, and he finds a bloody dress shirt inside the trash. So we assume that it's his, and that's her blood. And title card. Sam and Dean are getting out of the Impala, and Dean is telling Sam that it is the lamest, lame-assest thing he's ever heard (laughs) Sam say. Sam says... I'm sorry, but I happen to think Shemp was a funnier stooge than Curly. <laughs> Curly was a freaking genius. I always found Curly's work a bit obvious. I was like, what? <laughs> I love that one. It's supposed to be obvious, man. They're, They're stooges. stooges. <laughs> I was like, the critique that Sam gives the stooges. It was so great. <laughs> Holy shit. Their friend, we find out their friend James has called and asked for help, but they, but they're going to wait to call him in the morning or their friend James has contacted them. They're going to wait till the morning to call him though to see what's up because they want some sleep or no, because the drive was long. <laughs> You'll get there, Jen. <laughs> I was like, why did they, why were they going to wait? Oh, right. Anyway, so Dean's going to go on a beer run, wants to know if Sam is okay. Um... Sam's like, yeah. And Dean tries to give Sam an out for doing the trial. Says they can go find another hound. But Sam says he's fine. And for Dean to stop, he can do it. They don't even know what the next trial is, but he will be ready. So Dean leaves and uh, Sam goes into the bathroom and he hears a scraping sound at the door. So he goes to open it up. And it's a doggo. He wasn't even, like, with his gun or anything. No. He just opens the door all, hello? <laughs> with the scratching sound. Right. It's like, Sam. You are a monster hunter. There's right. something scratching, scratching at, at the door. door. <laughs> anyway, it's a beautiful Doberman. And it runs in immediately and jumps on the bed. And Sam's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And the doggo wants belly rubs. And it's so cute. And Sam's like, oh, you want belly rubs? And he obliges. He doesn't gush quite as much as Shannon. (laughs) Sam can't find any tags. And then he he sees Dean's car pulling up. And he's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) So he runs outside. He runs outside. (laughs) And he tells Dean, okay, okay, okay. Before you get pissed off, look, I I just want you to know this isn't my fault. She just showed up at the door, okay? Didn't track in any mud. Just wanted her belly scratched. I figured maybe she She could could stay stay the the night. night And we could find her a home tomorrow. (laughs) Sam opens the door behind him. He hasn't looked in the room. He's got his back to the door. (laughs) Dean's looking in the room to see this beautiful woman, this beautiful black woman, laying laying on the bed. bed. (laughs) And Dean just says, she She could stay the night. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love that part so much. 
Sam looks in because he's like, what the fuck? Because Dean right. hates dogs. So he right. looks in and he's like, two seconds ago she was a dog. All right, who the hell are you? <laughs> and she's telling him to stow the blade. She's not a, a shifter. She tells him that she's a familiar. Uh, Sam, Dean's like, a what? And Sam says, a companion to a witch. Some witches split their time between human and animal form. She says, I get a more accurate read on people in my other persona. Approaching guys in a motel room like this, well, it gets complicated. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. I could see that. She tells them her name is Portia and she belongs to James Frampton. Dean doesn't like to hear that their buddy James is a witch. <laughs> she tells them he wasn't when they met, but after the case, apparently a nasty alchemist, uh, he wanted to learn more about it and witchcraft, and, be- and witchcraft became the center of his life. I really want to know more about the crazy alchemist. Right? That would have been a fun episode, guys. Right? Can we do that, please? We haven't done that. Um, so he's still a cop, homicide detective. He does even better now with his powers. Portia senses that Dean doesn't like dogs. I know, Portia. It's a total deal breaker. I hate that Dean doesn't like dogs. I don't like dogs. Really close, Dean. Really close. <laughs> Leanna. <laughs> they're gross. They're not gross. They smell and they're not clean. They're not gross. Ugh. Dogs are gross. Clean. My dogs um, are all clean. Thank you very much. So I bet you they smell bad though. Um, they do not smell Dogs bad. always smell bad. No. Dogs smell. Yes, they do. Mm-mm. My cat, sometimes she smells like flowers. I don't know why, but sometimes she does. <laughs> because she's tearing your shit apart. <laughs> but I haven't found that it yet. smells <laughs> like flowers. Um, I... So, and this is where I get into the whole whether or not they should hunt witches thing. Because it's sometimes, like, especially with this instance, this guy's a witch. He chose to become a witch. He's still a person. He's not technically a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so, should you really hunt him? I don't know. But also, my other thing is that they probably have a lot of, like, ingredients that hunters need. <laughs> like, have access to that shit. So, you can make some deals with witches. They'd probably right. be I, a pretty good friend to I have I think around. it would really depend on the witch. It does. Because obviously, if this guy is killing people... Right. You know, on his yeah. own... Uh, but then, no. they sh- Even right. though he is a human who chose to be a witch, he's even more... He's worse than a monster because he chose to do this yeah, so that no, he could I kill people. Yeah. But if he chose to do this so that he could help people and that's all he does, then yeah, let's make a bond and fucking help each other out because absolutely they're going to have a lot of ingredients that could be very, very useful. helpful yeah <laughs> like, and they have like the gross stuff that you don't want to have to go get you exactly. know exactly which is use gross shit yes. yeah i just because i Dean feel like are... it would always be good to have one of everything kind of on like <laughs> you know in your pocket <laughs> you know what i mean if you got a vampire got a vampire got a werewolf got just, a shapeshifter yeah, just to kind of help witch. You situations or like ask questions so tell me kill you? <laughs> If I stab you with silver, does that do anything? (laughs) Um, So Sam asks what James needs them for. She tells him that something has been happening to him. It started with excruciating headaches, screaming sounds in his ears, and horrible nightmares. Dean tells Portia that he's not a fan of witches. Portia gets in his face telling him that James is a cop with a spotless record and has done nothing but good with his abilities, so he should quit the bigotry and give him a shot. Dean tells her that was incredibly hot. <laughs> and then she looks at Sam to back her up. And Sam's, Sam's like, like, that was, that was pretty, pretty hot. <laughs> She's really beautiful. <laughs> She's very beautiful. 
so then we cut to some swanky looking restaurant. Uh, we see James, the guy from the earlier shot, or from the opening scene, excuse me, is meeting with another guy who we find out is Spencer. Uh, Spencer's asking James how he's been doing. James tells him it's been getting worse. The nightmares are like torture. Spencer says he needs to see someone. James <laughs> doesn't think that that's going to fix that. Medicine, this is anything that medicine can fix. Well, I think James asks a pretty valid question about who do we see? Right. It's <laughs> like, right. I mean, the guy's having some like magic issues. Right. Here. Super hard to have right. a witch doctor. Right. Uh huh. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> So Spencer is telling him to look around. There's not many cops. They live on the fringe. They don't fit in. James says he doesn't know where Portia is and thinks he's pushing her away. Back in the motel, Dean is getting more information from Portia. The dreams James is having, he thinks they're real, that he's actually killing people. That's what she saw before he blocked her. And they're like, what? She explains to them that familiars and masters can communicate telepathically. She could get in his head anytime she wanted, but then he blocked her. Maybe to stop her from seeing something dark, something taking over. James can't go to the cops and he doesn't trust other wishes. Dean thinks it's odd that he would call them as hunters to help with this particular little problem. Portia tells them that he didn't. She sent the text. She, f she figured they were all he had. So then we go to James's house, who's super upset with Portia for calling yeah. Sam and Dean. <laughs> uh, she leaves as a dog, and James comes out to talk to them. Dean tells James if he screws with witchcraft, it will screw with his wiring. Um, and James is like, are you here to help, or are you here to pile it on? <laughs> he tells him the dreams. He's killing people. He wakes up in bed, but these people are actually dead. Sam thinks maybe another witch hexed him. James doesn't think so, says it's possible, but he's never heard of it. So far, he has had four dreams. Sam and Dean are going to help, but they need James to do his part, at which point Dean puts a duffel bag on the coffee table and pulls out a bunch of chains and tells James that he will need to stay put. House arrest. So before that, because James is talking to them and he shows him the bloody shirt. Right. Um... And they're like, so I'm guessing that's yours. And he has his initials on it. Right. Who still has their fucking initials on their shirt? I know. And as a detective, like, right. that's not something they do. Right. But I don't know. I maybe. thought that was pretty silly. Um, but I was impressed at how quickly Dean came around to not, let's just kill him. You know, she's right. like, all right, we can investigate this. And I do appreciate that James does probably need to be under house arrest while they're figuring right. this out. <coughs> So Dean comes back to the motel with the last of the ingredients they need for the spell that they're doing. Sam is telling him all the dreams are actual homicide, homicides, just as James described them. He looked into his record at the force as well, and he went from rookie to lieutenant basically overnight. And his solve rate has been sitting at basically 100% for the last four years. Dean isn't sure the witch-killing spell of Bobby's will work. Because <laughs> if you remember, they tried this one on the couple but the, witch, oh, the, the chicken's feet had, okay. were were uh, sour rotten whatever okay that's because i saw they the chicken fresh. feet i was like because he comes in with the chicken feet and that's what my note says my note says i love witchcraft they have the grossest ingredients <laughs> yeah and because i was like why did he why would he bring right. this up not working and then i went and i right. was like oh yeah they tried okay. this before and the chicken feet were, were sour or yeah, rotten or whatever fresh yeah because yeah. the freezer at the uh 
had died. Right. right. Because yeah. of all the hijinks that had ensued yes. from the witches. <laughs> okay, I was wondering anyway. about that. Um, and Sam's like, is it ever a sure thing? Dean says he's just concerned. Sam knows it's not about the, the... It has nothing to do with the witch spell, but about the trials. Dean is worried if they get too far down the road with it, he might not be able to jump in. Sam says he won't have to, he can do it. He says, I know what you're saying, Dean. You've said it. You know. I've been going over this and over this and asking myself, why doesn't he trust me? And it occurred to me, finally. It's not that you don't trust me, it's that you can only trust you. And then Dean just says, are you done? So I think it's a ridiculous thing that we've had that conversation, what, like three times now in two episodes? (laughs) (laughs) And whenever Dean Dean does the whole, you done, I want to punch him like so bad. (laughs) Oh my God. He's such an asshole sometimes. Sam tells him he is done if Dean's done. Dean goes back to the spell and says they can't hesitate to use it when they need to. Sam clarifies that it will be on the witch that's doing this to James. And Dean says there could be no other witch, and they might, and they need to be prepared for that. Sam says they've given free passes before. <laughs> and Dean says, Ben and Kate, if you don't remember who Kate is, she was the blonde werewolf from the college uh, town. Oh, right. The, the handheld footage right. episode. Uh, Dean, Dean says they did not choose their fate, but James did. He chose to be a witch. And I was like, I think that's a fair point. I also think it's a little silly to think they're going to give a fair pass, a free pass to someone who is like killing other people. Sam, right. like, yeah, purposefully <laughs> killing people. Right. Like, I don't think that's, no, no, yes, you have given free passes before, but no. They haven't been to people who were, you know, purposely running. Right. Out. These are people who were making an effort not to do that. Right, exactly. <laughs> I was just like, Sam, he has a point. Like, just, right. he just say, he's not saying you're going to kill James. He's just saying be prepared. Be prepared. Because right. you might have to do that. Um, so Sam goes to talk to the police um, as a, an FBI agent. Um, the uh, Ed Schultz, the, the de- lead detective, is telling him that they found nothing at all of the location locations of each four murders. And Sam hands him a piece of bloodied shirt saying that Things get missed. It's okay. <laughs> so they're going to run it uh, for him, and they'll get back to Sam with the lab results once they have them. The officer says there was a witness that saw a guy in a suit. Sam says there's no mention of a witness in her report. He slipped on that pretty easily, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Sam wants to know more about the witness, but Ed tells him that it's all that's all they said, and they'll let him know about the lab work and walks away. And Sam's like, hmm. okay. All right. <laughs> Dean is out with Portia at the fancy swancy club and he can tell that people are staring at him. She tells him it's because they know he's an outsider. All witches and stuff. She says if there's any info on James, they'll know it here. Dean wants to know how James found her. The familiar finds the master and then they become inseparable. Dean says that's how a lot of people feel about their pets. (laughs) Which, of course, Portia takes offense. She says she's not his pet. And Dean says, well, not all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, as soon as he said it, I was like, Dean, why would you even say that? I think it's because he just honestly doesn't know. Because he's he's talking to her, like, very matter-of-fact, like, what? Like, aren't you? (laughs) But come on, Dean. No, she's not his pet. (laughs) I know. It's obvious. But he's absolutely clueless. (laughs) Oh, my 
my God. So she grabs his front of his shirt and gets on his face again. And she says, not ever. The master and the familiar, there's an unbreakable bond, like a melding of souls. We would die for each other. <laughs> and Sam, or Dean's like, okay. okay. <laughs> then a man snaps his fingers and calls Portia over. She introduces Dean to Felipe Lachat. Felipe Lachat, which is Philip the cat. Right. So point that out. That's and the way it's stupid. pronounced here is a French for pussy, apparently. Oh, really? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, she says Dean is a Wiccan from Detroit. <laughs> Dean sneezes when he sits across from him and says that only happens around cats. Philippe wants to know... You know, and I'm sorry, I just have to say that I always have to give a kudos to actors who can do a sneeze. Oh, like a good sneeze. Yeah, like that has got it to was be a really difficult. Good it was a really good sneeze. Yeah, he's not just all... <laughs> Exactly. No, I was like, whoa, he sneezed. Like, I was totally, okay. Like, did he rub pepper in his Right? Like, how did you do that? But well done, Jensen. So Philippe wants to know what's going on with James. Portia says it's all gossip since the community has an attitude. Philippe thinks James is crazy being a witch cop, not to mention Portia. It isn't done. Dean wants to know what it what is. What isn't done? Do we ever find out what isn't done? Yeah, they have sex. The familiars oh. are not supposed to have sex with their masters. I thought they had already done that. No, they have. But that's right. what the community is saying, that they shouldn't be doing that. Oh, I thought he meant something was unfinished. No, no, no. Okay. I, I, I misunderstood. Thank you. You're for welcome. Up, <laughs> I'm like, what's not done? Like, what do they need to finish? <laughs> um... So, Dean wants to know what it is, but this is when Spencer shows up. Uh... Portia tells Dean this is who to ask. Dean asks if there's any such spell to make a witch control the actions of another witch. Dean sneezes some more. <laughs> he's never heard... Spencer tells him he's never heard of anything like that. Spencer tells... Uh, tells Philippe it's time to go. Philippe tells Dean it was nice to meet him and turns to a cat. Dean says, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Sam calls Dean and tells him the blood on the shirt was a match to the third victim. Dean says, that's all we needed to know. Portia, then it cuts to later that night, and Portia's chaining up James in bed. She doesn't like doing it to him and says they, that they don't, she doesn't, she cannot do it and they won't have to know. He tells her he needs to do the right thing, whether he's innocent or not. She tells him she loves him, and then they start to do it. But then Portia gets a flash of all the killings. Sam and Dean show up to kill James. Portia comes out of the bathroom just in time to stop them and tells them it's not, it, it wasn't him. She said, so she takes him out into the living room and she tells them, James and I were close without <laughs> psychological walls. Intimate. Dean, Dean. I don't, Sam, Sam. they had sex. <laughs> wow, I, uh, I didn't expect that. She says, we have an unusual relationship. Familiars aren't supposed to be sexually involved with their witches. Dean says, understandable, you know, considering that you're a, well, and that he's a, that's, it looks to Sam, a little help here. And Sam's, and Sam's like, just no. like, no. <laughs> nope, not helping you. Portia tells him that when she, what she saw, uh, when she saw his thoughts, she did see the killings, but that was it. No, no prep, no motive, no nothing. Motive. Yeah. Sam says, no other awareness of the killings. And she's like, she says, that's right. This has got to suggest he's under the control of somebody else. Dean says Spencer said that wasn't possible. Portia corrects him saying Spencer said he'd never heard of it. She points out that James is chained and locked up to give him a shock. 
Sam goes back to the station the next day and he catches the two he spoke to earlier, the Ed and the tech guy, coming out of a room uh, and the tech guy has a file on James. Sam with Portia is talking about how it must be hard to lose, or, or sorry, I was like, wait. I just, just jumped ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Sam talks to Ed about how it must be hard to lose a valuable asset like James right now. The detective says he's not lost, just on leave. Sam talks about how they worked a case a while back, and he was the youngest to make detective. Must have made some waves. You can tell Ed is not too thrilled with that, and Ew. he talks about how the place is run like a dog sled. Yes. Sam tries the door they came out of after the uh, two leave, but it is locked. I was like, pick the lock, Sam. Pick it. <laughs> you can just be like, oh, they left it unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> Portia and Dean go to meet a warlock. Portia tells him that he is a snitch. James uses Drexel when he thinks someone when he thinks it's someone in the community. Dean says, I gotta ask. I can't help but wonder. And she says, which came first, dog or girl? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just curious as to which one you consider yourself mostly. <laughs> she says, this doesn't have anything to do with what I told you about James and me last night. How you're imagining it. <laughs> what? what? No, no, that's... That. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> My note is just, Dean, you have issues. <laughs> So Drexel shows up, no word on the street about which one witch hunting, hexing the other, or that it's even possible. There are plenty of rumors flying around that James has gone full ripper. If the cops catch on and find out what he is, it will expose all of them. The witches are going to give him two choices, leave or suicide. If they don't, they'll do it for him, if they have to. I'm like, how does catching one witch expose all of the witches first of all how is any cop ever going to be like you're a witch right right like, <laughs> like what if the cops catch him it's because of like evidence that they found not right. magic not because witch right bats. and they're not going to be like look this guy's a witch it's going to be this guy's a murderer right. it's not going <laughs> like, to expose anything right very weird logic they do very self-centered apparently it's all about us well, and then the whole thing where, like, either he kills himself or uh, they will kill him. And I'm like, why doesn't he just leave? Like, who cares who's doing this at this point? Just go. Right. Be happy with Portia. Like, yeah. I mean, God. <laughs> so uh, we cut to Dean, who's been going over Bobby's data. He's telling Sam that Portia may not be wrong. There is a spell for implanting images onto another's brain. Sam figures someone is planning the memories and making it look like James. Dean wants to know what the cops say. Sam tells him, according to Ed Stoltz, they got zip. But they have something. The tech had a huge file for James. Sam gets up to leave and turns around and says to Dean, Oh, by the way, gotta hand it to you. It's been 15 hours since Portia mentioned her night with James. Not one bestiality joke. Out of ya. Dean and looks so Dean proud chuckles. of himself. <laughs> the look on his face is like, I know. <laughs> Sam and Dean go to talk to James. They confirm that things are getting ugly with the witches and the community. Sam also tells them that the cops have a thick dossier on, dossier on him as well, under lock and key at the precinct, room C110. James says they have to break in. Dean's like, yeah, that's what I was thinking with it crawling with cops 24-7 right. and being on lockdown. James says he can go. 
without having to go astral projection projection but he cannot he needs to take the chains off because iron prevents magic so when he says that dean's because he says i can go without going and dean's like what like phone sex i was like (laughs) what i don't understand that like what does that even mean i think he means like going like like phone sex you're right having sex without going to without having actual sex you're just touching yourself probably okay I thought it was a weird joke. I guess. I mean, that's all I can think of is that you're doing it with this person, but you're not really because it's over the phone. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to talk about the semantics. Of <laughs> anyway, I just, I just thought it was a weird joke. It is a strange joke. So Sam agrees to unchain him so he can do that, but only if he'll take them with him. Uh, so James sits up in between the two of them, puts his hands on the, their shoulders, and Portia asks, are you sure you can still even be able to do this? And Dean's like, oh, well, that's a confidence builder. Anything else I should know before I become some disembodied thing completely at his mercy? <laughs> so he grabs their shoulders, throws his head back, eyes turn white, does his thing. And it does like the flying vision, like kind of tunnel vision bird thing yeah yeah um and the guys are being are able to see everything that james is seeing uh we see that they have basically built a case against james for all these murders and that the philip or the philip the (laughs) witness is philip the philip (laughs) so james snaps out of it saying ed's building a case against him um, and he's like really upset, saying that Ed has always wanted a breakout case. One against a renegade cop would really do uh, would do really well. Sam adds on one that holds a grudge against him too. James tells them that this is that on his first case they dropped Ed as a lead and they went with him instead. Ed has everything he needs. He got it from Phil the cat. James freaks out, forcing Sam and Dean back. He pushes Portia away, tells her to leave. James then goes to confront Phil at the bar restaurant place. He finds out it was an order from Spencer. Dude, he like totally is like, okay, it was my master. He made me do it. Right. It seems like it would be a little more difficult for a familiar to do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I thought you had like an unbreakable bond, bond right? <laughs> where your soul's mended or something. Yeah. I thought that was a little weird. But maybe. They weren't bonded because then Spencer steps up behind James and snaps Spencer or Philippe's Philippe's neck neck with like magic. Yeah. It was, it was obviously a weird relationship. Yeah. James thinks that Ed put Spencer up to it, found out that it was, uh, found out that he was a witch and blackmailed him. Spencer tells him he's not using his brain. It was actually crucial that Ed didn't believe in the occult. Spencer is doing this because he's jealous of Portia picking James. He endured it when they became familiar and master, but he couldn't let it go once they broke code. That's them screwing. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I just think it's a little crazy that we're actually doing the whole best friend betrayal love thing. Yeah. Really. So Sam and Dean show up at this point and they get force thrown into the wall. James (laughs) throws a spell at Spencer. Spencer is far more powerful and is defeating James. So, and it's just a whole lot of lightning and shit. And I'm like, this seems more um, like a Sith than right. a witch. <laughs> right, like, right. We have never seen a witch do these things no. before. <laughs> 
So Sam and Dean go for the witch-killing juice, but Spencer freezes them and then gets into their heads. We get a lot of shitty flashbacks for the boys. Family, hell. It's basically season one through five flashbacks. Right. That was pretty crazy. (laughs) It was a pretty bad time for the boys. I was like, that is a really shitty fucking spell. Like, oh, this guy is powerful. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So Portia shows up um, as the dog in the dog form and attacks Spencer, breaking the hold he has on everyone. The boys are able to then complete the witch juice lighting ritual thing that they had to do before they throw it at him and kill him. (laughs) James uh, and everybody gets out. So outside, James and Portia are going to run. They're going to start over. Ed has too good of a case and it will make his life a living hell. They say it's fine because the community doesn't really want them there anyway, and they're used to it. They're used to starting over. Portia tells Sam she'll miss him, and maybe even Dean. (laughs) And he says, I I like dogs. dogs. (laughs) And she says, no, you You really don't. (laughs) Dean thinks it was possible. Dean says it was possible he was wrong. Sam thinks he's talking about kinking James, but that's not it. When Spencer had him, he made him see some crap. He says, you know, when I look back at our, what our family's been through, what everybody's been through, seeing all that pain, I realize that the only way we've made it through all this is by hanging together. I trust you, Sammy. With this deal, locking those sons of bitches up in the furnace once and, once and for all, it's too important not to. So if you say you're good, then that's it. I'm with you 100%. I'm like, dang, Supernatural, right. we're like... Bringing up and resolving issues in one episode? (laughs) That was like some serious progress there. I was like, wow. Sam says he's good and immediately coughs up blood. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, no, we didn't. (laughs) We're not good. One step forward, two steps back. (laughs) Because then Sam's like, I'm fine. (laughs) Oh, Sam. (laughs) So the title of the episode is a play in the term man's best friend that is used to refer to dogs and the two. 2011 movie Friends with Benefits starring Justin Timberlake and Myla Kunis. Wow. Um, and you're right. His name means the cat. Philippe's name means the cat in French. Um, in French, but is pronounced chate. Chat. chat. Le chat. Which is the French term for pussy. <laughs> I um, love the French. <laughs> The guy who played Ed Stoltz previously played Dr. Manson, Mason in uh, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, season two. Uh, Curtis, who played Spencer, previously previously appeared in uh, Provid- Providence as Mark uh, from the first season. He was one of the first victims. Hmm. Um, the building facade. facade. I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> The building facade used for the Witch's Club is the same facade used for Patty's and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, nice. Um, Spencer refers to James' relationship with Portia as being all Bella and Edward. This is a reference to the protagonists of the wildly popular Twilight series of the books and novels. The Twilight movies were filmed in the lot right next to the Supernatural lot in Vancouver. (laughs) That must have been so So funny. funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, song, Porto, Porto de la Cruz, and Dark Knight Groove C. Yeah, I don't know either don't, of those songs. Yeah, no. Body count is four. Um, 
For a favorite scene, I picked when Sam first meets Portia and Dean shows up. Yeah, she can stay the night. <laughs> that is so fucking good. Um, where's my line? That's my scene, too. Okay. Um, and then my favorite line, honestly, is just Dean. I like dogs. <laughs> I love that part. I also like, oh, by the way, I got to hand it to you. It's been 15 hours yeah. since Portia mentioned her night with James and not one bestiality joke out of here. Dean smile. Right. I'm doing good. <coughs> I didn't get anything on familiars because she honestly um, explains them very well in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like reading about them all. Oh, she covered all of this. Okay. <laughs> she said that. Oh, she, she said, said that, that too. Oh. And yep, they do change into animals sometimes. Okay. <laughs> We've got it all. Oh, so anyway, <laughs> we just both stop talking. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you're not there already, please check out the website, thewaywardfans.com. You can check out all of the podcasts, pictures, and stuff like that. Uh, you can contact us there by clicking on the Contact Us link. It sends us an email. Um, if you would rather just email us directly, not going through the website, our email address is waywardfans at gmail.com. Also be sure to follow us on Twitter at waywardfans underscore SPN. Um, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash waywardfans. You'll see updates on all of our new episodes and just fun little things that we find on the internet or stupid little things that I feel like posting. Um, and also please, if you're listening on iTunes, give us a review, give us some stars. It helps us get out there and noticed and all that fun stuff. So. Anyways, thanks you guys so much for listening. Yes, thank you. Shannon's a little distracted. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, Bye, guys. Get thee behind me, Satan. I mustn't be kissed. But the moon is low and I may let go. Get thee behind me.